time at 16, I actually saved up enough money to put down on my first property. And how much money was that, Pascal, if you don't mind me asking? So this is at 16, I found a property for roughly $44,000. So I only needed about 10 grand and I had almost 10 grand saved up. Welcome to the Inspiring Young Aspirers podcast. I'm your host, Billy Garton Jr., a 21-year-old entrepreneur and professional athlete. On this podcast, we'll be interviewing some of the most successful world leaders in their space in both business and sport. People who've amassed success, wealth, abundance, and most importantly, happiness, often after fighting incredible adversity. The hope is that through this podcast, we're not just going to inspire you or motivate you, but rather through the tips and hints that my guests share, spur you into action. If you're young and motivated, join me on this journey as we ignite the passion through some of the world's most inspiring stories. You know, when you wake up every day knowing exactly what you're striving for, nothing can stop you. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Blossom Media Studio are the way to go, providing you everything you need. It's the most expertise professional podcast out there. Now let's dive into the episode. So we got a real estate mogul. He bought his first house at 19. By the age of 23, he owned 23 units. He now owns 35 units with a portfolio totaling 8.34 million. Is there anything we can't say about this man, Pascal Corcus? It's incredible to have you on. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. It's a pleasure. So, Pascal, I read up a lot on you before this podcast. I've obviously been following you for a little while. I know you bought your first property at 19. At 14, I believe, was when you first wanted to buy a property. Talk me through those five years. What did it take to get to that and what were the objections? Just talk me through that. Um, so initially when I learned that you could own a property, someone would pay you to borrow it. You didn't have to be a billionaire to, mm-hmm. to do that type of business. So, Cause you would think at that age, everyone needed all cash. Every, all, all deals are purchased in all cash. So when I figured it out that one, you could own something, someone would pay you to borrow it Two, the government pays roughly 80% of the money you only have to come up with about 20 that was in a mind-blowing event so when i ran the numbers and i've always been like a math person i mean if you could do simple algebra uh addition subtraction division you're you're gonna be you'll be fine you don't need advanced mathematics yeah. but um when i ran the numbers i was like wow this is awesome why doesn't everybody do this because mm-hmm. the people that i was meeting mm-hmm. they owned like five, 10 deals. Uh, and I was like, well, why doesn't someone own hundreds? This just sounds too good to be true. So at age 14, I figured out, all right, what do, what do I need to be able to make this happen? Yeah. And then I worked backwards from there. So I needed tax returns. Like I need my tax returns to be in order. So the, cause the bank was going to review your tax returns, right? Two, the, the bank that's reviewing your tax returns. So the, the idea is one taxes are to the government. But these loans, even though they're coming from the bank, the money is coming from the government. 
Right. They're and they're Fannie Freddie loans. So you have to make sure that your taxes are in order because the bank's going to check those and they're going to cross check each other. Yeah. So taxes uh, and your credit. And you need to make sure that you have the understanding of what is a good deal. And that is basically just studying your market to know what is a good deal. Uh, all of these concepts sound very simple. And for me at that age, I was very happy that I didn't understand that there was a lot of depth to that. Right. Uh, so it really helped push me forward. Right. And it helped me go past all the hurdles and, and, and the bumps along the road. So in the, in, over that period of time at 16, I actually saved up enough money to put down on my first property. And how much money was that, Pascal, if you don't mind me asking? So this is at 16, I found a property for roughly $44,000. Wow. So I only needed about 10 grand and I had almost 10 grand saved up. But at 16, you needed a cosigner and my dad wouldn't cosign me on the deal. So that kind of stung. <laughs> um, since that time, from 16 to 19, we had a huge real estate boom, right? This is back in um my first deal was i think in 0506 right so in 0302 it was a lot less money to buy property yeah and by the time i got into the game the prices skyrocketed so i bought my first deal at 1516 uh two, i'm sorry 2005 2006 when i was 19 years old wow that's incredible and so obviously we talked about 19, I'm, I'm 21 here, and there's a lot of people listening that are of similar age, maybe 25 or younger. And so a big thing for me that I've found, and, and I'm sure other people listening have had the same objections, and that's why I like getting people on like you who, who have done it and started young. Was there mental objections for you, Pascal? Was there anything that, oh, I'm 19, I can't do this, or maybe there's people older than me that are in the game that won't respect me as much? Was there that thought process for you, or was that did that never cross your mind? Um, I was positive right. and, 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 f and had a lot of faith yeah. that if I continue to work on something, I could overcome whatever objective that came in front of me. And I never got rid of the naysayers. Right. Like my dad was a big one. Was he? Very negative. Yeah. Very negative. Um, I didn't get rid of those people. I kept them around. And I also found the people that were positive and encouraging and what i what i basically did is i heard everything that someone said that was negative and i didn't ignore it i took it in right. and i reduced every possible opportunity for that negative outcome to become possible and then i would listen to the people that had the positive encouraging things to say and i did everything i could to increase the probability of their positive outcome to happen like there are reasons why good things would happen and the reason why bad things would happen. Yeah. Neither person was wrong. But when you say like I'm something negative is going to happen, if you only look for negative, you will find it. Right. But if you look for positive, you'll find it. So if you then have a strategy that you're going to reduce the probability of something negative happening and increase the probability of something positive happening, you increase your odds. So the way I see life, I see life when I was younger, I used to play a lot of RPG games. Right. And 
you would fix up this avatar and every year you'd build a new avatar in a new game you're playing. And you're like, wow, I spent a lot of time at, at this game. So I said, you know, how about my life is an avatar? How about I fix up my health, my mentality, yeah. my finances, my relationship, my skills on, you know, meeting girls and stuff like that yeah. when I was younger. So I, so those were skills you built and the negative factors that, are going to help you become stronger. They're not really going to hold you against, but if you think negative and if you're just a negative person, you're, you're never going to try to become better. So mixing the avatar mentality mixed with the sports mentality of, if you see a person that's playing uh, basketball all day, you never question them why they do that. Yeah. I ran numbers all day. I ran financial deals on different businesses, on real estate, all the time. And I just thought it was fun. And eventually when you play enough, you get really good. And if you're in the, if you're in the business arena and you run enough deals enough, you get really good. So you can figure out where someone would in a game would say, wow, like this is a very difficult thing to beat. If you're in it enough, you're going to find out the ways to use that disadvantage to your favor in a way, and then be able to win, um, win the game. So like, in a game aspect, there was a game I was used to play, uh, and it was a war game, right. and there was a huge enemy against me, and I had a small base. Well, I learned that because they were so large, they moved very slow, so I could move faster. So instead of me just trying to destroy the whole enemy, I just moved as quick as possible behind their lines and just destroyed their capital, and I won the game. Right. Where I would play eight hours to beat the game, it took me end up 30 minutes to beat it with the new strategy. Mm-hmm. And that's – and. Through. And then if I th- same thing as an investor right now, don't try to fight through as a new investor and convince the world that you're good enough. Their opinion doesn't matter when you're on the stage and everyone's cheering you, their opinion didn't matter. And when you're in the beginning and trying to climb your way up, their opinion doesn't matter. All I would say is put in the time in the gym, put in the work, study your craft, grow and, and hone your skills. And then when you go in, you don't need their opinion. The numbers will tell you it makes sense. Right. Your data will tell you it makes sense. And that's how you run your 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 decisions. So it's like trying to the saying build the biggest building but don't have to knock everyone else down by doing that. Exactly. And what I found out to the the whole I think Gary Vee said that uh, or at least he popularized that quote. I noticed that if you're biz it takes more energy to knock down these these other buildings than it does for you to do something positive. I'll give you a good example. And obviously I'm in the rental game. Yeah. So when I was started, I had a lot of evictions. And then I went through the 08 crisis. I had a lot of evictions, wow. right? Uh, at the worst, out of 23 units, I had roughly uh, seven or eight evictions wow. in one month. Wow. So it was tough, it was really tough. One positive thing. I ran my numbers very well. So when 80, 90% of the people I knew went bankrupt, I didn't go bankrupt. I was able to keep everything I had because I ran very conservative numbers. I had conservative debt. And the numbers said, this is how I how I should do it. Right. Again, very basic numbers. You don't need advanced mathematics to, yeah. to determine that. Um, now, so to the point of 
I lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> you're all good. No, you're absolutely fine. You're absolutely fine. Um, I want to touch on something here, Pascal, that you said earlier that I think is a really important topic. And it was so you were talking oh, about. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Evictions. Evictions. Let me just finish that one topic. Okay. So with that. evictions, right? A lot of people will fight to get more money out of somebody. Once you evicted them, they're going to go fight them. They're going to look for back rent. They're going to look for the to fix the property back up. They want all this money from the tenant. Well, one one thing is, yes, that's a lot of negative energy. Try to fight to get that money back. The reality is these people have no money. They'll never have money. Right. You're spending legal fees, time, and energy to get this back, and you're never going to get it back. Yeah, It's extremely unlikely. Yeah. Where if you in turn took that same energy to just rebuild what you have and move forward to try to find more deals, you get a significant return on investment for that energy. Right. And positive energy has a, a multiplier more than negative energy. negative energy so that's where another other thing i did is i don't I, like some people remind me hey remember when so-and-so did this to you and i was like oh yeah that sucked i never i don't hold on that thought right, right? right i just move on and i said what is the next positive productive thing i can do to keep moving forward because even if you did take on the mindset of trying to t knock down everybody else's tower that takes way more energy than, than just building up your own. Right, yeah. No, it seems strongly like you're you're definitely in the mindset game and that's powered you towards success. Um, there's two things there that you said, Pascal, that I really want to touch on. Um, and I want to take it back a little bit to when you were talking about the negativity of your father um, because mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, including myself and other people around that, that maybe at times feel like there is negativity in their life and and a lot oftentimes that negativity comes from the people that are closest to them and so that's almost the toughest is when you have those people that are close to you that naturally bring on negativity and power negativity and instill you with negativity but you almost have to try and convince yourself at times that that's just the way it is and that's the way it has to be because they're their blood or their family or you've known them for so long what was the, I know you talked about you'd, you'd let that negativity fuel you, but what would your advice be to someone who maybe is struggling to let that negativity fuel them, but has those people close in their life that they feel like maybe they can't get rid of or, or they feel like they, yeah, they can't, they can't shake them off in their life because they're too close. So obviously my father's close, right? Yeah. I actually bought a, I bought, I bought the biggest house in the neighborhood, in his neighborhood, because that was my mother's dream. So they live like <laughs> five doors down. So it's not like there's, we're still, there's, we're still around. We're still uh, have a relationship. Yeah. And when I changed my men mindset, uh, it, it benefited more because obviously we had a struggle and we had a lot of differences being in two mindsets of one being positive and growing and another one being negative and defensive. Right. Those are two different mindsets. So part one, I think a lot of people try to change the other person. You can't change them. A lot of people try to educate and convince the other person why the way that I'm growing is the right way of doing things. Right. You cannot you cannot make them understand that. They don't understand that. If they did understand that, they'd be doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So the, the whatever is in their head in their brain that is making them not able to see things you're not going to be able to change with words so just accept them for who they are and stop trying to win their uh, approval and acceptance and if you do that if you just focus on you when you grow to that level 
your success will speak for itself. Absolutely. And that is yeah, and that is the, the strategy. And the second I stopped focusing on trying to convince him and said, okay, I don't need him to help me. Uh, it would be nice, but I don't, I'm going to figure out a way for me to do this right. and to grow out. And there's periodically where I try to bring him back into the picture and other people that were not the same mentality to try to bring them back into the picture yeah. and, and join me in my, on my, in my success. Um, it's just hard to convince them. Like my cousin's another one. Like I've can, told him a thousand times, join me on these deals. I really like him. He's yeah. a great guy. He just is such a conservative, scared mentality where I'm like, man, if you just made these slight changes in the way you, you invest and function and the way you live your life, your return would be 10 times of what it is now. You're basically at the same spot you were 10 years ago. Because you were unwilling to make calculated risks to grow yourself. Yeah. Do you feel like the people like that, because I know there's often people that they naturally gravitate towards those people when they have a success or when they have something that they sort of want to share with someone. I'm the same when I have something that I've achieved or I have something cool that I want to show. I naturally gravitate to those around me. But sometimes those around me are the negative people. Did you feel like with your dad, as you start, and even the other people in your life, as you started to realize that they were sort of reflecting that negativity on you, did you stop sharing your successes with them as much or stop sharing your ideas? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because the thing is, every time something positive happened, they could only see the negative. And did you notice a big difference there? Yeah. So basically, the idea of there's a, there's a, they find a problem with every solution, you know? Uh, yeah, I did because it would, I was focused my energy again on growing my, my tower and not worrying about anybody else's tower. Right. You know, and the other thing I noticed is there was people in my own say community or circle that I was trying to help bring them along for the ride in the sense of, uh, I have a, a belief of like, I believe everyone can, can grow and benefit and become wealthy. So I have a, a belief of a all boats rise type of concept where if we bring up the water, all of our boats will go up together. Right. I don't have to be the only person that's, that, that goes along. There's enough money for everybody. Um, but the thing is, not everyone thinks that way and not everybody wants to act that way and not everybody wants to work, yeah. right? So if you ever notice trying to even go to go out with people to, to, to dinner and to decide where you're going to go, there's always a group of people that never can make a decision. <laughs> so instead of going out to dinner with and trying to convince everyone to make a decision on where we're going to go. I changed the way I'm doing things. I say now, I'm going here. Whoever wants to go is welcome to meet me. Right. I wow. don't try to get the group together. Mm -hmm. I've, I like kind of what I said is I never thought, saw myself as a leader because I was thought as myself as part of the group. But I more and more figured out that, you know, you have to become a leader and lead the way. And whoever wants to come and follow can. And along the way, I've gotten a lot of players to join my team that I would have never thought would have been part of my team because they came because they are like-minded mm -hmm. and naturally our relationship grew. Mm -hmm. So uh, – and those who are not like-minded, don't be afraid when they leave yeah. and don't keep them. If they want to go, let them go. And don't try to make them become something they're not. Yeah. And there's still probably a place in their life for you or a place in your life for them. But it takes so much energy trying to change the world where in reality you can't. You just need to change yourself. Yeah. No, I think that's such a cool message. And I think one of the big takeaways I took from that is that 
I guess often people, when they feel like they have these people in their life, that they can either have them in their life or they can't have them in their life. But it seems like what you've done fantastically is you've had the people in your life in business that you want in, and you've also had the people in your life in terms of motivation and positivity that you want in, but you've not gotten rid of the other people. You've just sort of gravitated away from them in, in, in the respect that you want to go. And I think that's an incredible thing and really a lesson that a lot of people can take is that you don't have to cut people out of your life entirely. You can just sort of distance yourself and surround yourself with more positivity. When starting out my podcast, it was fundamental to me that I make it as professional as possible. And I could not do that without the help of podcast backdrops. Make sure you check out podcast backdrops on Instagram and put in the code Billy Garten to receive a special discount. If I'm hearing you correctly. Yes. And honestly, one positive note from one person that you respect will outweigh a thousand negative comments from people. You're like, okay, these people don't know uh, what they're talking about. I still love them, but they don't know what they're talking about. So, yeah. all right, thank you for your input. I will assess it. I won't ignore it. But the person that you do respect, that is where you want to be in whatever aspect of life, either through, because I, I do powerlifting, I do Wing Chun, I do real estate. Yeah. I'm in the finance, I own financial service businesses. So I have different friends and mentors in each area. So their opinion is more what I accept and, and take to heart than someone that just has an opinion that's just an outside bystander. Right, right. All right, Pascal, I've got an important question for you that I want to pivot into because I think it's really important to to, to sort of hash this part out mm -hmm. and everyone goes through it in business. So what's been your worst day that you've had? Your worst day in business? Because often people, they have these days, but I see that massively from what I'm learning as the difference between success and average is when people fail, they give up versus the people that fail and push forward. And so I want to hear from you. You've probably had some some big failed days in terms of, I know you told me eight, eight evicted properties in a month, but I want to hear from you in terms of a day that maybe you felt like, not on the verge of giving up, but a day that, that knocked you back a few steps. So I have two that come to mind. Uh, one, it was during the time period where I was having eight people being ev evicted yeah. out of the 23. Yeah. And then, so back then I had no money left. So after I would evict somebody, I would do the eviction myself. I would clean the property up myself. I would fix it myself. I would re-rent it and so on. So I'm working like a hundred hours a week and I don't care about working a hundred hours a week, but it's a hundred hours a week where you're not getting anywhere. You're just keeping yourself from dying basically. Yeah. And, and I was doing that and I was doing this for a number of months. This wasn't just one month. This was a number of months. So you're going six months working 100 hours a week. And all you can see is people destroying your property, re-renting it out. The person just moved in, destroyed it again. And obviously that's a heavy burden. Yeah. So I'm like 23, 24. I'm in my mom's kitchen and I'm, I basically cried. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't believe everything I worked for, I could lose. Yeah. And my mom's positive. She's like, it's okay. It's going to get better. So it was very emotional and still makes me emotional now to think about it. And I came to this thought. I was like, I can't give up. I've spent my whole life to get here. I can't give up now. And yeah. I came to the conclusion. I was like, all right, let me assess the situation. Uh, option one, I quit. And I go back and I work for 
the bank or something. And at that time, the bank was paying like $10 an hour, $11 an hour. Yeah. And be at home living at my mom's house, going nowhere. And or option two, keep putting in my 100 hours, live at home at my mom's house and try to make this thing survive. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I was like, I'd rather be here fighting to keep this thing working and making this survive than anywhere else. Yeah. So I said, all right, let me just change my mentality and be thankful that I even have the opportunity to still be fighting to yeah. move forward and continue. And and that's what made me kind of different is that like I was I was I'm thankful to even be able to have the opportunity to fight. Right. You know. Yeah. And that's that was one of my big 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 failure moments or my re failure slash rebound moment yeah they say like often your biggest failures come right before you hit success and so for you were those days looking back and thinking what happened in the next six months of your life do you attribute that as a really important time for you moving forward it definitely changed my energy and i realized um i changed my energy changed my strategy and then in real estate, it's not a quick turn when you're moving, moving this type of ship. Mm -hmm. It does take like a year, sometimes two, to get a full effect. But yeah, from that time where I changed my strategy, I did get significant benefits from that. So when I changed my strategy, I started selling properties in the areas that I didn't like, started doubling down on the things I did enjoy doing, continued in the real estate business. Yeah. And those strategies did help me get into the right direction and the money that i made from now again at that point at 23 units that are worth probably like 3 million now i have 35 units that are worth 8 million yeah well how do those numbers make sense they make sense because i started buying different types of properties doing different things i tweaked my strategy i didn't stop playing the game i just started playing the game smarter yeah better <laughs> that's funny yeah. because you said before that you were doing 100 hours and you didn't feel like you were getting much return now, from what I'm hearing, you're doing less hours and you're getting a lot more return. It speaks to hard work versus smart work. Would you say to someone who's starting out, obviously it's important to put in long days and it's important to work hard, but people often get that confused. And I got it confused when I first started out when I was 18 that the more you work, the more return you're going to get. And I just read a book called Change Your Schedule, Change Your Life. And in the past month, month and a half, I've ended up working less, but being more efficient with my time and I have more energy and I'm actually getting more done and seeing exponential results because of it. Have you seen that as well yourself? Yeah, so uh, I did. I, I am seeing that. So back to the actually I'll touch on where we'll pivot. I'll tell about the second time that I um, had a big loss. So cool. about... Four months ago, I lost one of my companies. It was about $1.5 million loss. Wow. And um, I found that right a year prior to that, I was noticing a year, year and a half prior to that, I was noticing this company was making money but was not heading me in the direction I wanted to go. So I put other people in management of it, and I took my time to realign myself and to be able to pivot myself and my companies into the, a new direction. So along that time, obviously about four months ago, I, uh, the company was totally shut down yeah. and again, lost about 1.5 million wow. on that, on that business. And 
but that time that I took to re uh, to focus on myself was I still working? Yes, but what I mean, focus on myself is spend less time in the office mm-hmm. and more time on working on myself, developing my skills, focusing my energy, and um, at times my wife would say like, "Oh, what are you doing? You're just you're not working." You should be working. And I said, look, if I can say sit here for the next year and just be get myself in the right position and and make the right moves, that one move could make me six hundred thousand dollars. And that would be ten what uh what an average man would make in ten years. Yeah. So by doing that, I was able to realign my focus and I end up making one move. And in this one move, it made me $1.3 million. (laughs) So I said, look, I just made myself 20 years of work in this one move. Now, that one move took a whole year to to finish, but it was well worth it for years worth of work to make that type of money. And I positioned myself now into being able to make one of those moves a year and eventually twice a year, four times a year, every and eventually every month I'll be making a move like that. Yeah. So the goal is to be able to do like a million dollar move per month. So, and to, to touch on you, you, your, what you mentioned is in the beginning, you do have to put in that work. Yep. Because no one can show you, no one can explain to you how you can throw a basketball. You, you literally have to, have to be on... You have to do it. And you're never going to make a three-pointer unless you have hours of practice. I mean, Kobe did it. Jordan did it. Every All the greats do it. They put in the work. So at a point in time, what I've realized is, yeah, you put in 100. But eventually you can get in 80 hours what you did on 100. And eventually the 60 to 40 to 20. And you can eventually get 100 hours work down to about four hours. Yeah. But that is a skill that's learned through putting in the hard work. So I'm not discounting that, that there's there's a need for that work. Um, it's just sometimes you are – or most of the time you have to do that. So even if you're a musician, you're not you're never being paid to play, but you have to know how to play. Yeah. You know, so – and eventually you don't have – you can, you know, in, in one hour you're doing a show and you made a million dollars. So yeah, yeah. you get to that point of that skill. Well, that, that work skill, teaches you so fun. much, right? That work teaches you what works and what doesn't essentially, you know, I'd assume, I mean, well, not even I'd assume because I've experienced it and I'm sure you have as well, especially when you're young, you are doing 17, 18 hour days. And like you said, you feel like you're not getting anywhere, but then you look and I'm 21 now and I can even look back only a year and a half, two years and see the 17, whatever, 18 hour days that you put in. And even though it didn't turn into money, what you've learned in terms of sales, what you've learned in terms of how to deal with objections, what you've learned in terms of dealing with people, positive mindset, like you talked about, all of that comes from those long days, does it not? A hundred percent, it does. And the other thing you touched on, I would say is don't worry about the money. Like, I know it sounds crazy, and obviously we all get into business because we're like, oh, we want to be successful. We want money. Um, I would say don't focus on the money. Money comes. Yeah. I did it mostly for freedom. I wanted a way to find my own freedom, yeah. and and I found that. Uh, so what I would say is just focus on developing yourself and being around the right people. And if you are around the right people and you're learning the right skills, money, freedom, success, 
everything else comes because it's so easy to say, I want this. And in reality, as time goes on, you realize that's not what you want. Like for a while, I said I wanted to be a really good manager. Yeah, That was really a goal of mine. And I'm telling you, I tried for like six to seven years to become a good manager. And, and I'm a focused person. Yeah, I became pretty good. Mm-hmm. I didn't become great. So I learned, one, I don't even like being a manager. I like motivating people. I help developing people. But I don't like being a manager. Yeah. Uh, and two, that's not my skill. My skill, I, I can, I have very good, um, you know, problem solving skills, mathematical skills, like uh, strategy, what's a good deal to buy. Those type of analysis is my skill. Yeah. So why am I doing something I don't like doing and trying to get good at something I don't even like where I really should be teaming up with someone that does it? And if you're part of a good team, you naturally learn what you do like and don't like, what you're good at and what you're not good at, and who are the right players you should be part of. Because to be successful, you have to have a team. Even though entrepreneur sounds like it's a solo individual game, it's no, not. Not at all. It's not. You have to have a good team. And same thing with real estate. We think real estate, oh, um, you know, it's a one-man uh, you know, army. It's not. It's, it's a good real estate investor. It actually has a solid team. Yeah. So, so, so much of that came from doing and learning though. Like you said, again, you can't learn what you like and what you don't like without, without actually doing. And so I think that's a really cool thing for people that, yeah, you want to optimize your schedule and all that sort of stuff, but you're right. It does take time to build up that ability to, to be able to do that. And also to learn, like you said, you can't do four hours a week if you don't know what it takes to do four hours a week. And what does it take to do that? It takes 75 to a hundred hours of putting in that effort and like you said learning what what works and what doesn't i want to touch on something quickly here because i feel like so many people and i'm lucky because i'm young so that i still have the ability to pivot when i get the chance and, and if i need to and i'm not afraid to do that um but i feel like so many people get so caught up in the day-to-day one maybe because of their own head they've convinced themselves that like oh i've told myself i have to go into this now so i'm going to follow through with it even though i'm not happy and two maybe from outside influence they've told other people they're doing it people often ask them what are you doing how's this going how's this going and so they feel almost like too much pressure on top of them for them to step out and say i'm actually not enjoying that anymore because they maybe they fear the judgment maybe they fear starting over has that been something for you that was a struggle for you to initially say, I don't want to do this? Or have you always had the mindset that, you know, if I, if I end up deciding I don't want to be in real estate anymore, I'll, I'll pivot? Yes and no. So yes, in the sense it was struggle at first to say, hey, I was planning to be really good at this. Yeah. And I finally realized, okay, yeah, you could be really good at this, but it's not worth being very good at it. What is my, let me put my, my pride to the side and say, where am I netting out to be more uh, of a benefit for me? Yeah. And I noticed, okay, you know, I can continue to try to be great at being a manager and I could be pretty great, but what would it take me? 15 years? Yeah. What would it take me? Cause I could, you could do anything you want to, mm. but how long is it going to take you? So I said, all right, well, I could be great at this, but n- instead, how about I let someone else be great at this? And I, fo- I work on my skill and hone my skill and I can get in one year, remember what I said, in one year, what I was able to accomplish by just focusing on what I was good at yeah. instead of trying to do tasks that I could get better at. But why? 
you know, what mm-hmm. is the point? You know, like uh, if you look at Alibaba, the CEO, Jack Ma, mm-hmm. he has no particular skill set that is good. And anytime he tried to specialize in anything, he failed. He, he got fired over 40 times. But he realized, or at least I realized what his skill was, is that he was able to get A type players to work together. Yeah. That's his skill, getting A players to be able to work together. And that's a very, very good skill. Yeah. And not anyone can do that. So by him being able to do that, he made himself a billionaire. Yeah. He focused on that one thing. He could have probably became a great cop because he wanted to be a cop uh-huh. or teacher, but you probably would have been exactly where he wanted to be at a cop level or a teacher level never become the sergeant or the deputy and or never become the principal and work his way up because he probably got good at one thing but again he focused on what he was good at and he got the rewards for focusing on what is good at and honing that skill yeah no it's such an incredible lesson because i think as well one of the biggest things that i've learned is as a business owner or as like you said as an entrepreneur and Gary V talked about this as well he said he wouldn't even be able to work or probably wouldn't get hired within his own business but you don't have to be an expert in all the different realms like you talked about you just need to know little bits of each one and like you said be able to put a team together and so that's probably the biggest thing I've learned with the marketing agency that I own that at first when I started out I was trying to learn SEO I was trying to be an expert of ads I was trying to be an expert at organic I was trying to dominate website building and and YouTube ranking and all this sort of stuff and and going back to maybe the change of schedule thing the networking thing whatever it is I can't put my finger on it yet but as soon as you take a step back and realize okay he's an expert here I'll bring him 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 on my team He's an expert at web, uh, website developing. I'll bring him into my team. And do I know everything about it? No, but I can speak to a client or a potential client and tell them that we have all these options. And that's the ability for you to, to build your business. And so even though I'm young, I, I think that's a, a massive, massive piece that, that, you, that you touched on there, that you don't have to be an expert in every single realm of your business to build a business in that realm, you know? Mm-hmm. You just, it's kind of like being a general contractor. When you're building a building, a general contractor doesn't actually – he knows about plumbing and electrical and roofing and so on. But the electrician does electrical. The plumbing does the plumber does the plumbing. The roofer does the roof. Everyone does their own part. But the, the general contractor brings all these players together, yep. and he helps schedule everything to be done properly and timely and to get things done. Mm-hmm. So, um, so a good business owner – is like a good general contractor where he's able to accomplish a goal quickly and within a set budget. Right. So that's kind of the goal and how we can kind of develop ourselves as business owners by having that kind of mindset. Yeah, yeah. There's one thing I want to pivot in here because I spoke a little bit about the digital marketing side. You've obviously built a pretty heavy following. I think it's 208,000 followers, is it, on Instagram? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. What was the turning point for you when you decided you needed to build your personal brand or was there a turning point? And and maybe talk a little bit about how you've been able to do that and scale so quickly. So back over 10 years ago, I was going to start on YouTube and some people kind of like steered me away. Uh, it's a waste of time, whatever. Yeah. And that was my fault. I shouldn't have listened. I should have did it because I would have done, I would have a decent amount of following now over 10 years on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and we had a lot of fun when I was younger. We used to go clubbing. We, would, we, would, we had a lot of good times, so we could have, you know, had some uh, good content. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I realize this. I was in. I, you know, there's there's, there's like five pillars of of uh, uh, for a successful entrepreneur. 
The one I was weakest at and I had to accept, I said, where can I make the most improvement on? If I'm looking at myself as an avatar, if I have like 80, 90s on all my other areas, what's the one area that's the weakest, which was marketing and uh, networking. That was my weakest. That was a zero. I was, again, I have a finance degree, minor in mathematics, second degree in accounting, minor in economics and international business. Like if you ask me about finance, personal or business, I will have an answer for you. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Because if no one knows I'm that good, what's it going to mean? Yeah. It means nothing. Yeah. No one knows. And Can even you repeat if I came that? to you. Can you repeat that one more time? If no one knows I'm that good, say that again because people need to hear that. If no one knows you're that good, what, what does it matter? If I go into you right now and said, hey, I'm Pascal, and this is my knowledge and this is my information, and you're like, okay, yeah, you're like full of shit like all the other people online. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to create a, a, a social account and different accounts. And I'm just going to show people what I know. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to actually just show it. Yep. Hey, guys, here's my property. Look at what it looked like before. I just fixed this part, fixed this part, fixed this part. And this is why I fixed it. Mm -hmm. You don't got to pay anything to know why. It's mm -hmm. free. Here you go. This is why I did it. Just give, 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 you know. Uh, I never read the book, uh, things like hook, hook, or jab, 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 jab. Right yeah, hook. I never read it, but I understand the concept, right? Um, I, Gary Vee came to this country when he was three. I came to this country when I was three. He grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey. <laughs> he had to work 100 hours a week for his dad's business and build it up. I worked 100 hours a week at my dad's business to help him build up. So I definitely understand a lot of his logic and his thinking. Yeah. He likes the flipping game. I like the flipping game. Um, so... Uh, we just like flipping different things. Yeah. He likes cards. I like uh, coins. Right. You know, and I like yeah. real estate. Yeah. So anyway, um, it's true. You got to give and you got to show and you got to help and you got to care. All that's true. Value and if you do approach, enough yeah. of that, exactly, value. And I'm a value investor as well. So all my real estate deals and the, the deals I buy with my investors, we find deals that are have value. I don't guess if I'm going to make money. I know I'm going to make money. <laughs> the question is, how much money am I going to make? So the same thing with what I'm giving on my account. You're not going to think he might know. Oh, I know he knows. Yeah. You know, how much is Pascal going to be able to help me with my taxes or my insurance or uh, lending or investing or whatever? Yeah. You know, they need help with. So it's really about showing everybody what you know. So there's no question that you are an expert, that you are good. And I decided, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it all away. Show everybody everything. You know, and um, I mean, I even do live events twice a week on yeah, uh, I've IG. Seen those. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can ask any question you want and I'll go into detail and I'll put it up on the board and explain how to accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish. Again, we only have an hour show, so it's not like I can break down a 10 hour plan. Yeah. But I'll yeah. give you the, <laughs> the high level view of what your strategy should be to accomplish yeah. your goal. Um, yeah. In terms of your expectations going in, Pascal, because I think this is another really important lesson and something maybe I learned early, but I'm I'm mass probably from Gary V as well, but but I'm massively in the stage now of just the value approach. When you went into the game of the Instagram game, the social media game, did you go in with expectations in terms of monetary return or a return on your investment for your time? No. Yep. Uh, every business that I've been in, it took me uh, two to five years to make money. It took mm -hmm. me two to five years to make money. Mm -hmm. uh, so like same thing with my insurance agency, my real estate company. So like 
in my real estate business, obviously I'm making rental income day one, but I'm still having to reinvest that money to make the property better. Uh, Insurance agency, same thing. Accounting firm, same thing. So it takes that time. So in the IG game, I thought the same thing. I'm like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'm not going to get a return day one. Do I still account and do I have like basic calculations to say, all right, is this a good investment if I'm going to invest in something? I still calculate it to see, okay, what is the return on this investment? And But at the end of the day, I knew that even with the return on investment, my return on investment would not show any significant anything significantly for probably a year to two years. So now I've been in IG game for about a year now. I've about 200,000 followers. Wow. Uh, I give massive amounts of time. So when I use, so when I say I'm working 100 hours a week, I'm still working 100, but I'm applying it in different ways. Free time on IG, reviewing stuff, answering comments, uh, doing YouTube stuff, trying to build up different things, building up different companies. So I'm still putting in the time. I'm just putting it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working on the business, not in the business. Yeah. So Well, that relates massively, I think, to when you talked about it earlier in the podcast that your wife was saying, why are you, why are you not working or why are you doing things right now that are not going to bring you a return on your investment? I think 99% of people struggle so much on social media because they go in with such high expectations for a return on their investment so early. And when they don't get those, they give up. Whereas what you've done and, and what everybody who really succeeds on social media has done is literally just put the time in without having any expectations to bring a return on your investment because you understand and you have understood that you now have over 200,000 followers. Virtually the world you're oyster on social media, you've been giving value for over a year now. If you ever were to come out with anything that maybe were to cost that was in the real estate game or the financial game or anything you talked about, you have such a loyal following now that knows that you don't always ask for anything. They're going to want to learn from you and they'll, they'll be willing to eventually pay for a course or willing to pay for your consulting services because, like I said, you've spent the time giving them all of this value without expecting anything in return. Yeah, and don't, yeah, definitely give and don't expect. Eventually, you can ask and you will get something for it. At this point in time, I've been a year into it. I'm still not broken even anywhere close to my time return. And then obviously there's some financial costs because I have to pay people to edit videos and and edit things for me because I don't have time to literally sit there myself. So I'm not at the break even point yet, but there is one thing that's has a lot of value is that the relationships you create. There is an, an un, un, you can't calculate that the relationships you get. Like I got one, I was trying to get a contract. So we sell insurance and we, and we're a broker. So you come to me, you're looking for home insurance. I have 30 options for home insurance. One of the companies we were trying to get, we're trying to get them for three years. And for some reason, just, we couldn't get the contract. Yeah. Well, one day, um, the the VP at one of these companies DMs me mm-hmm. and says, hey, I have some real estate questions. And again, I answer everybody and I don't really like think too much. I didn't even know he was the VP. Yeah. And uh, we start talking and he's like, yeah, I live not far from one of your projects. And, um, you know, we're kind of in similar industries. I'm the VP of so-and-so company. And I was joking with him. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. How about you get me a contract then? You know, like just yeah. messing with him, right? He's like, okay, I'll have so-and-so look into it. What's your company's name? I gave him the info. 
like three weeks later, I ended up get a, getting a contract. Wow. And I was like, wow, I was like, this is awesome, yeah. you know, to, to, that that happened. And obviously that relationship alone has made me money, not through selling anything in my Instagram business, but actually making sales in a separate business that I don't even talk about on Instagram, really. Yeah. So the relationship game is important. So l let me just tie it this way. Do what you love. I really enjoy doing this. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy helping people. And I enjoy talking about real estate and finance and growing. That's just what I like doing. So I'm happy to help people that are genuinely here to learn, yeah. that aren't trying to like abuse my time, yeah. you know, at the same time. Like, because yeah. um, there are some people out there that are like kind of leeches. Mm -hmm. And that the biggest pet peeve is when I give all this advice and energy to someone that's not even trying to grow. Yeah. That's not trying to go anywhere. Like, no, try to go somewhere, do something, develop yourself, become successful. And I want to be part of that, you know, like, um, and if you do that, you will get a return on your time. People will not forget you. Yeah. Well, I think that's a fantastic way to round it out. Um, I was even going to ask you for a tip for anyone that's young and inspiring or aspiring to be great, but you've literally covered it right there. Do what you love. What a way to end it. Pascal, where can people find you on social media? Um, on Instagram, it's at Pascal Corcus. On YouTube, it's at Pascal Corcus. Um, and obviously, all the social events, uh, TikTok's the same. Um, LinkedIn's the same. Um, and let me leave you this one point. I have a guy that I've knew, I knew from church. Had a bunch of different people work for me from church, but this one guy stick from me, stuck with me since he was like 16, till um, he was still works for me now. Yeah. But he's basically from 16. He worked for me after about five six years. I gave him a cut of one of my deals. I said, you know what? I'm gonna give you a cut of this deal. Yeah. You can have a percentage of this real estate deal. And because he's been working for me, he's been loyal. He's a good guy. And um, in turn, I just gave him a cut. I said, look, thanks for all the help you've been doing. This is kind of a bonus I'm giving you. And obviously now that, that cut of his deal has grown bigger and bigger. Yeah. So if you do good things, people are going to want you to be around to share in their success. So, yeah. and the people that don't and are going to be leeches, you'll be able to find, figure those people out as well. Yeah. So just keep doing good, being positive and Trust me, what is the old saying? The old saying is for those that do more than what they're paid for, soon they're going to be paid more than what they're paid more than what they're doing. Um, so it's, I really believe in that. Yeah. Well, what a way to round it out. Pascal Corcus, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody else, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Give me a follow at Billy Garton Jr. on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, everything on there there's going to be not many more fitting guests than Pascal for the inspiring young aspirers podcast stay tuned we'll be back soon <laughs>